yeah. I love my HBCU. And bar? I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the ACCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, she tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, he know what he be talking about. Mike and Charles, they know what they be talking about. They compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot left. And who the ball? So listen to Professor, yes sir, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Ville inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. And you see Mike um, is... On assignment. No, he's back in the house. We got Mike. What's up, Wonder Dog? What's going on, Doc? What's up, CB? We got CB on assignment. Yeah, actually, he's out there at McGregor Park uh, watching the first game of the three-game set, the second to be played this time uh, in McGregor as Prairie View and Texas Southern are in game one. Charles, quickly get us an update before we get into the show. Yeah, Prep, you just went exactly. ahead 2 1 here, um, uh, here at McGregor Park as uh, they get up and going here. I tell you what, it, it has been some layup gyms thus far, Dr. Bill. Uh, Texas Southern and Prep, we playing a tremendous defensive uh, ball game thus far. Prep has scratched out a couple runs here in the top of the fourth inning as they go up 2 1 here at McGregor Park. Wind's blowing out to left field. And I tell you what, been, like I said, there have been a couple of web gems thus far. Uh, Texas Southern had a picture-perfect uh, relay in the home, cut, a, cut down a runner at home uh, plate. And then you also had a absolute web gem from Prairie View center fielder who stretched out. I hope they got that on camera somewhere because that that is definitely got to be, uh, based on what I've seen from on SportsCenter, got to be a top-ten player. Oh, nice, nice uh, update, uh, great update. And we'll come out there periodically and get some – updates and i'm glad you were able to show a little bit of action as you saw the runner the second run i guess it was come across the plate so great timing as you were able to show that and let us know what's going on welcome to episode 264 of inside hbc sports lab radio show and podcast the show that's covering the sporting hbcu dash for all things HBCU sports from institutions large and small from the nia to the ncaa we share insights and information on the hbcu sports culture HBCU Athletic Aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU Athletic Program and the business of HBCU Sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Khalil, with my lo- along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, from, from our home studio, uh, sending a signal live to KQH 1230 AM Studios with Texas Radio Multi-Hall of Famer, Ralph Cooper, the beautiful home of Southern University from Houston, Texas. As we said, Charles Bishop is right there at McGregor Park. With that being said... Without further ado, what a lot of folks want to talk about is Nick Saban and his comments for last night. We might play the jest where he really gets his foot in his mouth for me. I'll just be quite frank with it. I really have no time to kid around with it in terms of him speaking Wednesday night to Birmingham to more than 100 local business leaders in Alabama. Coach Nick Saban once again offered strong thoughts about involving use of name, image, and likeness revenue in college football. Um, I'm going to get your thoughts, but I frankly thought this was 
um, just poor from Nick Saban in terms of his ability to navigate his space. This is a guy with so much privilege. Um, he can't even comprehend in terms of what he's doing uh, because uh, he really did that. But Jumbo Fist is really lighting up in terms of his God complex. And I was like, dang, I didn't think I was going to go that hard, but he really was pissed off. We might even get a little bit about that. And then Deion Sanders' comments were appropriate, and I'm sure he's just getting started because he tweeted and said uh, he will respond. But my thoughts, Nick is deflecting from his most recent failures. Um, those These were Birmingham businessmen and women were asking Nick questions about his most recent failures, i.e. losing the championship game, losing the Texas A&M last year. Uh, both, in his case, those were previous coaching assistants where he had never lost to them before, not being able to have the number one class. And a lot of people were asking questions instead of manning up and saying, hey, we're going to get in the trenches, we're going to go back to work. He just couldn't accept it. He took the easy way out or what he thought was easy way out. Now he's starting to find out that uh, everybody don't see him as the God that he think he is, no matter how well they think he might be as a coach. So... Before I get in and ask you all your thoughts, uh, Coach Prime did tweet out and says, you best believe I'll address this lie. He capitalized L-I-E. Coach Saban told uh, tomorrow, which would be today, I was wakened by my son, Shador Sanders, that sent me the article stating that we paid Travis Hunter a million to play at uh, Jackson State. We as a people don't have to pay our people to play with our people. That last statement reverberate yep. for me on many different levels and it's coded for those that understand and those that don't may want to try to figure out how they can understand because, boy, you put it right there in many people's faces. Uh, but let's take this quick break and then i come back because I want to give y'all some significant time to be able to get your thoughts in here. This is Dr. Bill inside HBC Sports Live with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. We'll be right back after this first quick break. Support the black college. It's NBA TV and baby, the swag is back. The Lady Rattlers and the Lady Tigers start the show. Then the champ is here. Last season, TSU's men captured the swag title. The family anxiously await their arrival. Coverage begins Saturday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern on NBA TV. Let's get back to getting ticks instead of watching flicks. Before we can safely get out there, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your crew.
Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love yeah. and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he gonna teach a lesson. This is Dr. Ville with Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Charles, I see you looking good with your mic out there. I see you here a little bit of action. You look good on screen. No, don't worry, we got you. But let me go to Mike first. I'm gonna save some of your talks because I think they may be some of the points. Okay. So, Mike, what were your thoughts? First, let me ask, when did you hear about this? I saw it, I saw it on uh, Twitter when I saw Dion's. I followed Dion Sanders, and I was like, what is he talking about? Then I started looking. I was like, oh, no, he didn't. <laughs> no, he didn't. I wish there was a more professional way to say that, but I was like, no, he didn't. And then I think, you know, you point out, you look at the context behind it, who he was talking to. And it's about accountability and responsibility. Here he has the opportunity to take accountability and responsibility for some things that just didn't work out. And he did that old playground move. Oh, but look at him. But look at them. And I don't think Jimbo or Dion are the ones to be played with. Because you know they ain't going to clap back, really. <laughs> they are not the ones to be messed with. Jimbo got that Texas move. <laughs> So he is not the one to be messed with. I don't think I don't I don't think he wants that smoke. And then I don't know somebody said I don't know if Affleck called him or what, but he's called, he's come back and apologized and or whatever. But to me, the damage is done. That was just piss poor as and, and talking about a hypocrite. All those five stars recruits he had, and he dares to bring this athlete up and and put his name in the limelight. It's, 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 I agree with Shannon Sharp. Uh, I think it's despicable. I think it's disrespectful. And I think it's just a lack of poor leadership, accountability, and responsibility. Yeah, great point. And it was a lot of people play, but I'm going to go, go to you, Charles. So uh, go ahead unmute it, get back into the music form. I know it's going hot and heavy. Again, the question comes to you is, where were you and what time did you hear about it? Yeah, it was about um, 9.30 or so. Again, uh, I saw the tweet and uh, I went to uh, one of the news sources and and saw what uh, Nick Saban was talking about and I I was, I started laughing immediately uh, because at best, um, Mike said it, it, you know, it, it was deflecting, it was tone deaf. And for a lot of people, it is just so uh, unconscionable, unfathomable that an HBCU would have access to no one player in the country, much less get it. And uh, I think that still has a lot of coaches around the country in shock that Travis Hunter actually chose Jackson State over one of the power five uh, schools and uh, it's still you know one of those things that it shook the world when it happened and it's still shaking the world <laughs> right I think that's some of the most amazing points about this is how much this continued to reverberate and lets you know just how significant the move was we debated for a while I mean many people debated uh, just how significant of a move this was one with uh, FAMU and Bethune Cookman coming to the SWAC Dion coming to Jackson State all of them playing uh, the way the season played out, 
uh, prime time and coach prime, as he likes to be called, in regards to what he was able to navigate and the tension that he brings, and then landing uh, the number one player in the country, and then right back to that, landing another top 50 player also um, that doesn't necessarily get the same resonance, but those that follow it understand how significant that is. And then you talking about at least the most decorated current coach uh, having the audacity or the need, the fact that he felt that he had to put a dig uh, says a lot in terms of where we are. So my follow-up question in some ways is just to talk about that. What does this mean in terms of moving forward? Um, you know, a lot of people, as I was listening and talking about this last night on the show and giving some framework from a business perspective, so I won't necessarily go over that again, and we might have some time in the second half of the show maybe to still a little bit of that, but I want to move forward in terms of what does this mean in terms of Jackson State University, since we're focusing more on HBCUs, what does it mean for the SWAC and HBCUs in general? Does this legitimize what Coach Prime is doing more than it is a negative? Obviously, when you first hear it, uh, you, you, there's a negative connotation to it. You've already had the fact that Nick had to back off of that. To some ways, I guess about as much as you can get to it, had to apologize in regards to how um, you had media cycles, African-American professional medias. Shannon Sharp went off. Um, you had uh, different folks throughout Skip the Bayless. on ESPN, Skip Bayless on ESPN, uh, folks that were going, literally going off, folks that for most guards will play it safe or narrow. They might be, you know, something like that. And certainly, uh, but uh, they went in in a lot of ways of saying that, no, this ain't right. This is this is not what I'm feeling. Um, point guard from uh, Duke, uh, he really had some poignant words in terms of his show as he had Coach Prime and what he felt and how little Nick Saban was in regards to putting at HBCU and Jackson State in terms of what they're trying to get done in the resource deprivation that we know exists. And the thought process that he makes more money in terms of his contract than Jackson State had their overall budget, but somehow they're supposed to play a million dollars. And what's ridiculous is that you got some folks, HBCUs, African-Americans in general, that even question and still to some degree won't believe it. That is crazy. But moving forward, what are your thoughts on that? Go ahead, Mike. Uh, number one, I think uh, it brings light to at least the impact also of NIL. Um, I think NIL has some impact in here. And I don't know if it's completely leveling the playing ground, but it's allowing others to get that light. And the fact that uh, Nick Saban points this out, really, once you get past the initial upset, to get past the initial hypocrisy, that's giving light to uh, uh, not only Jackson State, but other HBCUs. Well, well, if Nick, if Nick Saban, who gets all these five stars, is upset about it, there must be something to this, this HBCU thing. There must be something to this NIL thing, and then it's leveling the ground. So that those are my initial thoughts. Is you know, what is you know, what does this NIL thing have have to do and how is it helping uh, HBCUs get more of a presence, get more of a stage? So if you got stars like Travis Hunter and others that are looking at Jackson State, 
I think it can only help up the exposure of other HBCUs. So that's my initial thought. I also think on the other side, I don't know how much you care or not, but, you know, Alabama was that dog in terms of getting five-star. Well, guess what? Texas A&M, a couple of others are, are kind of moving up. And how much has that impacted their traditional or, I guess, recent historic reign as that big dog that's getting the so-called big recruits? Correct. Yeah, you're talking about it's not leveling the playing field, it's less spreading the talent out, which means yeah. your deprivation of your talent is a lot different, which means you have smaller groups of error where people can really now start to question your coaching ability versus just over-talented everybody and people thinking you're the mad scientist, and I mean that. Before I let you in here, Charles, let's go ahead and play the part of the video uh, where Nick mentions Jackson State. For those that may have not seen it, we won't play the whole thing, but I do want to have some context. Pretty much I'm sure our viewers have seen it, but just in case, let's go ahead and play it now. As we're, as we're lining up to get ready to play that segment, um, let me go to you, Charles, and go ahead and get your thoughts, and then we'll play it after that. Go to you a break what, and come back after that. Sure. You know what? I think uh, there's a nuance to, to the United States. Uh, no, you're not going to be able to fight these power five schools for you know, uh, the type of money that's there. But I think the thing that I have noticed that, that Coach Brian is really selling to the groups is the cultural aspect of playing in front of your own. And that is something that's really interesting. Uh, to So that, that is something that I don't think you can discount with regards to uh, the way he's going about uh, recruiting and the way he's uh, selling the cultural experience of playing for HBCU. And, and he's framing it in a manner that is really captivating young men. And, you know, I can't say enough about that. It's huge. Yeah, to your point, and with the music playing, I just wanted people to make sure that they were able to dig in there is talking about him tying in the culture. You know, you had so many people talking about the culture whether that is African-American, Black culture, or specifically even more so the HBCU culture, which is a subset of that culture that is even more unique um, in how folks can have an attachment and affinity to that. I actually did a study back in my master's player when my brother was playing at Texas and interviewed a lot of players um, from Texas that had that same framework, and that's uh, 20-some years ago. Uh, and it's amazing that now that you had this unique moment that we're actually seeing it play out. So let's focus. Let's get into this break. And on the other side, we'll come back and play that video for you uh, to at least get you a little more inside of that. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with the second half of the show. Your ad could be ran here. myjbn.com backslash support 
myjbn.com backslash support for more information. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. It's like a loop machine. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love that, and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. Player to come to school, it was in the paper and they bragged about it. Their rules, just like Nate said. We have a rule right now that says you cannot use name, image, and likeness to entice a player to come to your school. Hell, read about it in the paper. I mean, Jackson State paid a guy a million dollars last year that was a really good Division I player to come to school. It was in the paper, and they bragged about it. Nobody did anything about it. Well, Nick, something got to tell you when you when you making the TMZ plotter, it's not always good. It's you know, usually it's not very good. Somebody need to let Nick know just a little bit. It's not all golden. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's you know, it's going so fast. I said, oh man, that's not nice. What are you going to take? Then he said Jackson State. I said, oh my god, I said he didn't lost his mind. I said he didn't lost it. I said all this he didn't gave it up for doing the little stupid stuff. All the years that he tried to lie and have a different persona, now you got to do it. We go uh, This was probably this was probably the one day, Doctor Bill, that all born in Southern and every HBCU uh, was going to side with Jackson State about. Yeah, they, you know you got to go You got FAMU, you got Southern, you got all corn. Grambling saying, "Oh no, you didn't." <laughs> he picking on my brother. We finna go in. He got even A and T. They're going in a different direction. Talking about what? No, nah, no, nah, we're not having this. Not today. So that just shout out to Juan Hill as he's PV versus TSU baseball game, checking it all out. Uh, so he's out there. We'll give him some love in terms of seeing that action. I'll certainly be out there tomorrow and Saturday. Um, get in there. Let's get a chance to see if we can do some of uh, Jimbo's response. Again, we won't play the whole thing. He just wanted to get in a little bit. Obviously, I told you I read Coach Prime, and I can't wait to his response, whether it's directly or indirectly. His comments are going to be something that I'm sure that people can't wait to hear for various reasons. Um, and the way that he just sitting on it uh, is also going to be something special. And don't think that that's not intentional. Uh, let's see if we can go ahead and play a little bit of the Jim Bro uh, from Texas A&M, his response when I say he was hotter than fish grease. I'm not a Texas A&M fan. Don't watch SEC, whatever. Uh, Nick and 
you know, all of them can miss me in terms of what they have to work it, what gets it on. But it was hilarious to see the level of mad Jim Rome. And you talking about throwing the gloves off in a lot of ways. And the fact that some of that innocence that they, you know, kind of talk to you about uh, this quote unquote brotherhood at the coaches and all these kind of things and how they work together, that is no longer going to be the case for Jimbo and his thoughts on Nick. And he let everybody know Nick ain't as clean as y'all might want to be. Let's see if we can play a little bit about that. I don't cheat and I don't lie. So I learned that when I was a kid. If you did, the old man slapped you side of the head. Maybe somebody should have slapped him. Uh. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He called the man God, narcissist. You got out there in the Mimi world. You know, whether you think this is a funny <laughs> or not, those memes, they are hilarious <laughs> in what various directions. You got somebody out there in, in the shirt. Uh, Talking about if you want to play for a coach that is not a narcissist. Collectives, you know, schools, programs, collectives, universities, collectives. Are you aware of what they do, how they go about it, and no, so not. forth? Okay. So not you have no knowledge of any of They have collectives. Of... I know there's a collective here. I don't know who's got what, when's got what. Had no idea last year. That is not what we do or what we're about. I was going to say, that's by design. you saying, hey, I'm staying out of this. Yeah, I mean – how am I going to – I mean, I have no sponsorships and those things. And that's the truth. Well, you, listen, I'm going to tell you one thing. You can, you can call me anything you want to call me. You ain't calling me a cheat. I don't cheat and I don't lie. Because I learned that when I was a kid. If you did, the old man slapped you side of the head. Maybe somebody should have slapped him. Yeah, that's one you. thing you don't. Now you're fooling with their name. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to lot yeah, and who the ball, who so listen to Professor uh, Yes Sir, yes, sir. Yes, sir. and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. Yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this is Dr. Bill inside HBC Sports Lab. I'm not going to tell y'all what y'all missed for those two or three minutes. I'm not sure that uh, Drew was probably protecting us with some of the words we used, so he made sure the volume wasn't there. I'm going to leave it at that, that way we protect everybody uh, with the niceties as you is. You're getting a little background and seeing what's going on with some live action at McGregor Park in Houston, Texas, as you have the second part of the rivalry series, Prairie View in Texas Southern University. This is an intriguing one. Prairie View's tied for first place in the Western Division, and Texas Southern is tied with Gramlin for second spot. So these series will go a long way as all four of the teams are obviously in the tournament. But seeding is everything oftentimes in the tournament, especially with this new field of the top four teams in each division really being solid. So it's going to be fascinating to see how all this works out. Looks like you have a quick timeout as uh, coach is going to the high. Yeah, no doubt. You got uh, Texas Southern's up 3-2 here in the uh, top of the fifth inning, but Prairie View has the bases loaded right now. That's why you have a meeting of the minds here on the mound as they have a little bit of a rally going. Uh, hit, hit, uh, hit batters, I should say, in the inning. Base hit there, and now they've got the bases loaded here. Uh, they're knocking on the door, so it looks like we're going to have a, a pitching switch here. We're going to bring in another pitcher. 
and uh, we'll pick action up here in probably five minutes or so as the pitch warms up. So what's the score again in the inning? Texas Southern is up three to two. What inning? Uh, they're in the fifth inning. Thanks. Hey Charles, so, who's on the mound? Who's on the mound for the Tigers? Uh, they haven't mentioned his name yet, uh, and I don't have a roster here in front of me, Mike. So uh, I don't okay. have a, a name for the young man. But uh, they're bringing in their second pitcher, the first pitcher went four and two thirds here. So uh, he's gotten a little bit of trouble here. He had he's hit about uh, four batters, uh, a little bit of control mm-hmm. issues uh, so far, and that's uh, led to what could be. Should be good, should be good. Great update information. And when you talk about the fact that game's going back and forth, obviously at Texas Southern take the early one nothing lead, Prairie View fought back for 2-1. And then you see Texas Southern uh, fight back in themselves and take a 3-2 lead. But you have Prairie View threatening with the bases loaded. So I'm sure uh, Professor Bishop will keep us updated as he is live on assignment. Getting back to the MEAC tournament as it starts this weekend. Again, SWAC is next weekend in Birmingham, and the action, whether it's in the east and the west, will determine the seedings. But when you talk about uh, the tournament here, the number two seed versus number four, uh, a number three seed is going to be Coppin State squaring off on as the number two seed against the number three seed, Maryland Eastern Shore. Uh, you have top seed Delaware State uh, facing off the number one, number four seed, Norfolk State. So, Mike, what are your thoughts in the MEAC? Uh, you've seen a little separation at the end, but all these teams are being played, and the tournament is being held in the home uh, stadium of Norfolk uh, State in terms of Marty L. Miller Field. Do you think that will make any difference as that kicks off today and ends on Saturday? You, you like to think it has some, but I, I think at the end of the day, Doc, I think it's going to come to pitching. So – um, I think Delaware State, they finished the season strong. They had the number one season. Uh, they're the number one team. They uh, average uh, ERA for their team is the best in the MEAC. Um, that, they didn't start off that season, the season that way. They weren't that in that place in the middle of the season. If you, if you put a bookmark at where they were in the middle of the season. So somewhere along the line, they picked up some momentum. So, yes, you like to think that home field does play a part, but I think at the end of the day, when you get into the tournament, it's, it's how your arms are going or how your, how your pitching rotation is going. And a lot of times, depending on how you finish in that seating, that determines your pitching rotation. You know, are you going to pitch your stronger pitchers first or are you going to, you know, pitch some of your the middle of your rotation first and then look into your backup or your relievers so a lot of that depends on – so there's a lot of jockeying, and it's what you said. It's how you finish the regular season. But uh, I think Delaware State is looking good going in. That They're hot going into the tournament. So I look for them to do very well. To your point, uh, Bolden gives Delaware State a walk-off win over Norfolk State. That was number one against number four. But Delaware State holds on, gets it done, seven to six over Norfolk State. Um, so it's fascinating there in the next game is upon us now in terms of, as I said, number two versus number three. So interesting to see how that is going. Just to give you a little update in terms of that news. It's fascinating in terms of the MEAC with so much involved in regarding that. And uh, can give you a score update there. It is nine to six in the bottom of the sixth inning uh, with Coppin State leading Maryland Eastern Short nine to six. 
again in the bottom of the sixth. There's one out there. A game kind of went back and forth. Maryland Eastern Shore jumped out to a six nothing lead, but then Cotton State scored three in the bottom of the third and came back and put up a six spot in the bottom of the fourth, where we are now at nine to six. Um, with that, any thoughts in terms of just the MEAC, uh, Professor Bishop Charles, in terms of what's going on there? Some of the scores I give you early in that tournament. Yeah, I think Mike mentioned the Delaware State was on the upswing going into the tournament. Uh, what's curious to me with the four teams is the familiarity uh, that these teams are going to have with each other, especially the pitching. So I'm wondering, is that going to lead to some uh, high-scoring uh, tournament games? Um, uh, because you, you, you've seen the battery for the most part. You've seen a lot of the arms that you'll be uh, are going against in the tournament. So uh, it'll be curious to see how things turn out there uh, in North, uh, uh, playing it. Uh, you know, they're on their home field. But uh, like Mike said, Delaware State has been on the upswing going into it, and they have the best arms uh, going into the tournament. So we'll see if they can hold on uh, to playing the uh, MEAC crown. And we'll have a new MEAC uh, champion, looks like. Yep. Yeah, fascinating. When we turn the page going to SWAT, these are your matchups for this week. Obviously, we told you about the one that we are there and giving you some updates live, which is, Prairie View on the road in Houston at Texas Southern University rivalry game. Uh, you go into the East, you have quite a few rivalries set up. You have Bethune-Cookman at FAMU. Uh, that's going to be uh, a matchup in terms of some of the top teams there. You have Jackson State at Mississippi Valley. Jackson State is clearly in the fourth seed, uh, but like to have some good momentum, especially after they swept FAMU and dropped them out of the top spot last weekend. They want to continue that momentum. And they're playing a Valley team that would like to close out the season strong, uh, been kind of update more competitive of the late. Uh, and then you have the battle of Alabama with Alabama State and Alabama A&M. Differently in the West, you have Grambling State that is hot of late, obviously, um, with the two weeks ago. They took two out of three from Prairie View, but they did lose two out of three from Texas Southern. Uh, but they would like to have that seating. They have Arkansas Pine Bluff that struggled. It is on the road. So can they get the sweep or – uh, will they let one or two get away? You would expect Southern to be able to find a way to at least hold on to a share of a championship, even somehow a prayer view as a sweet Texas Southern, which you would not think in that battle takes place. So if they can find a way to sweep a struggling Alcorn State, they will fight through the season and come out. Uh, West champions when two, three weeks ago, you wouldn't have thought it but they're back in a position to have that number one seed. So those are some of the things that are fascinating to me in terms of what's going on in this division. So just to make it clear for everybody, uh, you again in the West, you have Texas Southern uh, getting it done uh, in terms of tie uh, with Gramlin in the West at 17 to 10. Uh, Texas Southern won two straight last two games uh, against Gramlin and Gramlin lost those last two games, obviously. Um, so at 17 and 10. And then you have Southern and Prairie View tied at 18 and 9. Prairie View has lost last four games. Uh, they lost five of their last six conference games. Southern has won three straight. So I'm going to go to you in terms of the West, Mike. And then you can talk about the East, which features Alabama at the top, a two game lead, 20 and 7. So they need to be strong in terms of finishing out against Alabama A&M to hold on to that spot because FAMU is in striking distance, uh, pun intended, at 18 and 9. But Thune Cookman sitting at 18 and 10. 
Uh, that rivalry matchup is going to be big in terms of where they'll be seated. And I obviously told you about Jackson State and Mississippi Valley, but Jackson State sits at 13 and 14. Uh, in terms of all that's going on, Mike, what are your thoughts in terms of some of these big games this last yeah. weekend, whether it is to hold on to a divisional championship or at least put yourself in position in terms of where you want to be seated in the tournament, if there's such a thing this year? Yeah, so you let's start. Let's start with the East Alabama State. Uh, they technically they're in the lead you know, because of their percentage. You know, they're overall twenty one and six. Uh, however, they lost decisively against Fam three straight. Now that was in Tallahassee, but you're talking about <clears throat> the team with arguably the best supposed pitching staff in the SWAT. And here they lost three straight convincingly. I think it was like. 12-5, there was a, another 11-7, and you, you kind of scratch in your head, like, you know, who do they have left in the rest of the season? And I believe they have, what, uh, a, a stand with Alabama A&M, and that's in Huntsville. So you wonder how they're going to do against, you know, Alabama A&M. Uh, so, we'll, I mean, we'll see. Then you have Prairie View, who's still sitting at the top of the West, but they lost three straight to Southern, who's uh, their last six games, I think they won six of their last seven games. I think their only loss was to Lamar. So Southern is looking hot going into the season. So, you know, Prairie View has this, this stance against, this stance against with TSU. But, and uh, I think to me, if they want to be seated good, I think they have to have a good showing against Texas Southern. I don't know who they have in the mound, what their reputation is. There's, you know, their bats are hot still. They still have three of the top 10 batters in the swag, but I think they have to have a good showing against Texas Southern in this three games instead. Uh, Texas Southern, I think, is like fourth in the West, um, and but they are looking really good as we come down to the end of the season. So uh, I would, I, I hope Prairie View would, you know, uh, light it up at least on the bat side and, and hopefully their pitching remains at least somewhat constant, but that's Southern. That's a scary, they're looking good as we go into the, as we head toward the tournament pit on both sides of the, uh, you know, at the plate and in the field. Charles, let me go ahead and get your thoughts in terms of the seedings we're talking about some of these key matchups and how they will figure out just the seating going to Birmingham next week. Uh, with that tournament starting off Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think you, you touched on it. Who would have expected uh, Southern uh, to for the, make the final yeah. kick that they did uh, where they're in striking distance now of the, of the Swag Western title? Uh, huge uh, for Southern Jaguars, and you expect them to take care of business uh, this weekend uh, against Alcorn. Uh, pivotal matchup here to the Southern Prairie View. Uh, kind of stubborn toe a little bit uh, down the stretch. Uh, they were in, you know, the driver's seat, if you will, and, and now they, they're a lot of Jaguars in there. You take a look over there at the East. Alabama State has been the most consistent uh, baseball team. I think Jackson State, with uh, a sweep of Mississippi Valley, I think can, can take some momentum into the tournament last uh, next week. Uh, that was huge, the Super Band this past weekend. So uh, we'll see what that means for Jackson State in terms of playing uh, in the tournament going forward, especially with regards to the season. Because I don't know if you really want to, you know, that – that, that number one versus number four seed is going to be a really interesting uh, early matchup. So it uh, should be fun. Uh, I wanted to update it uh, over here at the first part. Prairie View had a basis loaded, uh, but they had a strike. 
steal uh, three to Texas Southern here in the sixth Oh, big, big, big play hey. for Texas Southern University coming in with the pitcher, being able to get out of that inning with the bases loaded uh, at that time with one out and getting Stranded. a strikeout and then a ground ball in the evening. Uh, big time, big time baseball. And you see, you get a chance right after the show, uh, or if you want to watch it as you're getting over to get on to McGregor Park, if not today, certainly for the rest of the weekend, Friday and Saturday, you should see this type of games all weekend long. And also make sure you keep up with the other baseball updates. With that, before we get to a close, I did want to give an update in terms of Black College 9 as poll came out, week number seven, as we started to close things down. Get the uh, small school poll or what we call mid-major poll rankings. Top five teams you can go to again to Black College 9 uh, to get those updates. You know who the number one is, but I'm still going to go from five to one. Uh, you can get the entire top ten again at blackcollege9s.com. Come. That's West Virginia State uh, finishes out in out of the MEAC at 25 and 20 as they were uh, last week, one and three previous rank in the poll three. So they do fall two spots. Bring us to number four, Savannah State, pretty hot throughout the season. Didn't do so well in the tournament and didn't get a chance uh, uh, in terms of denying the uh, the bid that they were going to get to play in the Black College World Series as they decided to close out the season. They're one and two, previous rank two, so they dropped two spots at 34 and 12 after a very solid te- season. Uh, at number three, you have Albany State, SIC, five and four. A lot of baseball played that week, played solid, uh, as they were 32 and 16, so they stay at the three spot. Brings to number two, Kentucky State makes a great run in the tournament, wins the NCAA Division II division, and just falls. Uh, to the number one team, Everett Waters. So Kentucky State out of the SIC finished at 25 and 24. Everett Waters closed out the season as the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference NEI champion and the HBC Black College champion at 28 and 27, uh, getting it done. Obviously, you have um, four of the top five teams out of the NCAA Division II, the top team out of the NAI. Uh, but uh, as you look at it, the top four teams will be all in the SIC. Division two level uh, based on how the poll ended as Ever Waters is transitioning from the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference in NAIA to the SIAC Division two. Shout out to Gulf Coast Athletic Conference, the coaches and the commissioner, Dr. Kiki Baker Barnes, giving a shout out as well as the SIAC coaches giving a shout out to Ever Waters to getting it done. Uh, what are your thoughts, Mike, in terms of the top five ranking uh, for the small division or the mid-major division? No, just hats off to Edward Waters. You know, they're moving up. They're, they, you know, their program is growing. So phenomenal performance. Hats off to Edward Waters. They deserve to be where they are. So, With that, Charles, what are your thoughts in terms of that top five uh, for the small mid-major division of the poll? Uh, we had the coach on the staff too. Uh, I can't say enough about that program. If they get ready to move up uh, and play Division II baseball, SIAC, uh, no doubt about it. Let's get into this top five. See what your thoughts there. Delaware State, we are top five in week number seven. Uh, they have been six and zero the last two weeks, so playing some really good baseball. Told you they got to win. Close one, but they got the win in the MEAC tournament to kick things off. 
They are 23 and 21. They were previously ranked eight, so they jump up by three spots, I should say. At number four, Florida A&M out of SWAC, uh, four and three over the last week. Uh, previous ranked three, so they dropped a spot at 25 and 26. At number three, you have Prairie v. A&M, one and five. Every previous ranked one, but they just dropped two spots, 28 and 23. Texas Southern jumps up two spots as they are five and two uh, over the week. Um, and previous rank four, 26 and 22. Number one is Alabama State out of the SWAC three and five uh, during this period. They were previous rank two, but they jump up to the number one spot at 27 and 22. Sticking with you, Charles, what are your thoughts in terms of the large division or major division top five programs here in the Black College Lions ranking? I think they got it on the head. I think when you take a look at Alabama State, Texas Southern, and FAMU, uh, those are all teams that play a system in baseball. Uh, one of the things I, I'm so impressed with with Texas Southern baseball, when they get on the base pass, they are terror. They've stolen over 200 uh, bases uh, this past season. And I tell you what, when they get on uh, on, on base, you got you have to be aware of what their runners are doing. Actually, Prairie View today, they picked off a couple of runners. That's how aggressive Texas Southern is. I got a baseball coming my way, Doc. All right, go to the mic. Let's see. Oh, Turn it on, Charles. You should have put your hand out there. It was right there. Mike, what are your thoughts in terms of the large major division top five? Again, you can go to the uh, Black College Nines and see the entire top ten, but you heard the top five. What are your thoughts uh, as Charles refuses to make a dive as he's talking about not trying to get on television? He talked about all the highlights, but he won't even make his own. Go ahead, Mike. I want, I, I want a baseball to give me a snow cone. You know how you know back in the day <laughs> the baseball, you go get free snow cone on a drink or something. Uh I think I think they hit it on it. Even though Alabama State has faltered, I think they they still have them the number one team, correct? So um yes. I, yeah. Um I think the the, the 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 question, the head scratcher for me is Texas Southern over Prairie View. Good Let point, me, good point. Uh, if you look at if you look at head to head, oh, uh oh, looks like we have an injury. Yeah. yeah well, uh, that baseball that I said was coming in my direction. You had uh, the first baseman and the catcher. Uh, they collided right here at the fence. So uh, they're like taking a look at the catcher right now for Prairie View as he's a little shaken up there. Okay, keep us updated on that. But we're about to come to a close and let you get back into it. I know you're going to be able to call a little bit of action. So for those that want to. Continue. Tell them where they can listen to the rest of the Prairie View Texas Southern baseball game if they can't get out there this evening. Yes, I'll, I'll be on the uh, Open Mic Network. Uh, I'll be a spreaker where you can uh, catch uh, some of the Texas Southern and Prairie View baseball. Game. With that, I also want to give a shout out to Tyler Carr, HBCU Game Day. He had me on to talk about the A Sun and WAC collab. Just give you some updates, and we talked about some other FCS business. Uh, NCA information in terms of what the landscape is at the FCS level. Even got a little bit of the Division One Transformation Committee. So if you want to hear about some of that dialogue, go ahead and check out HBCU Game Day on YouTube. You check out the interview. It's Impact Strategy. Collaboration. That'll do it for us. Thank you for listening to Inside HBCU Sports Live. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Yadikaville, the dean of HBCU Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBCU Sports with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Again, I want to thank you for listening, Dr. Ville's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock. We'll bring A.D. Drew back in next week because he's actually going 
to Norfolk to catch the rest of the MEAC tournament this weekend. So he'll really be able to give us some inside information on what that looks like. Obviously, I'll be in Birmingham with the Deuce uh, next weekend, and we'll come back and make sure we give you some highlights in terms of what's Deuce. going on in Birmingham. That's right. Give him, give him the treatment. He just Deuce. left in the back. We look forward to next week to discuss the latest news in the lab. Thanks for all those sticking with us as we jumped off just a little a tad bit, but you know we're going to bring it to you hot and heavy. Uh, Dr. Kenyatikaville on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, giving our thoughts on uh, the Nick Saban framework, Coach Prime, as well as Jimbo Fisher. So hope you enjoyed that insight. Inside HBCU Sports Lab 1 on Twitter, inside HBCU Sports Lab on YouTube and Facebook. Make sure you go check out the pregame show. They already put some updates to give you some insights on how they think, and I'm sure they'll provide you some detailed insight information. So make sure if you really want to get some pure thoughts, you'll get what the general public get. But if you want to get some insight in terms of what's going on in Jackson State, go to the pregame show with Neely and Charles Bishop. They'll give you there. Just had some great love for ONG, uh, the strike zone, in terms of what's going on at FAMU as they're transitioning, looking for their AD, those things. Obviously, 1876 podcast with Mike and the rest of the team, Joe Clay, Alan Williams, myself, and, and name a couple of other ones out there letting you know what's going on there. In regards to that, would be remiss if I did not talk about Brian and AD of the sports rap that probably give you the best overall coverage multiple times a week as they do it both in front and behind the scenes of the camera. So want to make sure we give some love there. Download my JBN, my BCSN, before we tune off any last update, uh, prayer view in terms of the health of that player. Uh, is he back on his feet? Yeah, he is back on his feet. Uh, he was able to actually, they had a tremendous job in terms of making the catch to get out the end and now Prairie View has got a runner on first base as they're trying to get a little rally going here in the uh, sixth inning. Oh, this is good. It's going to go down to the stretch with that. I want to say dream big, continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. Mike? Get him out of here. Lecture. Dismissed. Get him out of here.